0: Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire leaders, you are in for a wonderful conversation with a brand new author who just launched a phenomenal book. And I say that, purposefully <laughs> because of the title of the book, but I have Annick Nick Roke with me and she's a fabulous author. She's a passionate grade one French immersion teacher and absolutely fantastic mother of four boys and wife. She does it all. I cannot wait to jump into her new book, phenomenal Teacher. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all the facets of that wonderful resource. And Annick, thank you so much for being on Aspire to Lead.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Joshua. It's a real honor.
0: Well, I love your background. I'm just going to shout that out because you are up north. I lived in Minnesota for quite some time, and it's bringing back beautiful memories of playing in the snow. And uh, I just love that background. For those who are on YouTube, uh, on Josh Stamper, or on the Teach Better page here, uh, I hope you get to see the the wonderful backdrop of, I guess, winter, even though it's not quite winter yet. But uh, you're going to have a snowy Halloween.
1: Yes, we are. It's very bright. That's how you can tell. Like I was going to bed the other night and I'm like, why? Like it's dark outside. Why is it so bright? Oh yeah. It's because it's the moon's reflecting off the snow. We're in winter here.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Also on YouTube, you can check out a brand new sign above me. I want to shout out Brad Hughes. Uh, he's got a new business now. It's personal and I am so happy to display his wonderful sign here. So make sure that you check that out. And for those on YouTube, you get to see it firsthand. This is brand new, a spider lead signage behind me. So thank you, Brad, for that. And Annick, would you please just share a little bit about you and your title? I, I'm very curious about what you do every day day. I'm in the wonderful school. And then also about any leadership journeys that you have in your background.
1: Sure. So I am a grade one French immersion teacher. I have been for many, many years now. And I don't know that French immersion is a concept that you are familiar with. You as in In America. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) So basically what it is is kids come to school to learn French. They are not from a francophone family, so they come to school to learn the language. But everything that I teach is taught in French, except for the English class, which we don't even have in grade one. So everything is taught in French, but kids don't necessarily know the language. So I'm doing all of that all at the same time.
0: That's beautiful. All right. So talk about that a little bit. Is that something that kids have to take is it just like a requirement for folks or is that something that they opt in
1: yeah it's just a choice so we have you could go to school in english you could go to school full french or you could do french immersion and all programs are accessible to everyone i mean you just choose what you want to do
0: all right so we're gonna segue into something that just dropped I don't know what a week ago. I mean,
1: yeah, a week and a half. It wasn't very
0: long. Okay, yeah. Uh, I saw on social media you were on the couch with your entire family and dog as you were opening up the brand new book. So I want to know, you know, as far as this resource, why did you feel like it was so important to write phenomenal teacher?
1: So I have been blogging since 2016 now, and the the blogs that tend to get the most hits or that resonate the most with people are the ones that i'm sharing vulnerably about my journey as a mom and a teacher because being a mom is no joke being a teacher is no joke being a dad of six is no joke (laughs) and i just wanted to like people ask me all the time how do you do it they see me as this full-time working mother for um blogging all the time i'm I'm an avid runner like i'm doing all of these things and they don't understand how that i do all that i do on the daily and the simple answer to that is that i just do what i have to do which isn't a lie but I also have discovered so many things over the years, lessons learned, and that's kind of what I outline in the book. I just want to show people that you're not limited by your circumstances, and yes, you might be a mom and you might be a teacher, but you're also so much more than that, and you deserve to pursue those dreams. Um, And so that's just kind of me sharing what's worked for me. I'm not done learning, but I'm just hoping to show people that they can do it too if they just lean into it and go for it.
0: So I'm wondering about audience cuz you you talked about being a mom and obviously that's in the title but you know for a busy dad or is it just for educators or is like what is the target audience for the book
1: So my target audience was mostly moms and teachers because I feel like we have just extra weight as moms we've got all these expectations of us and it's very common for moms to put their dreams to the side to raise their family and to try to do it all so is is very harder for for women i find in particular but it doesn't mean that this book isn't relatable to men or to dads or to anybody else if anything like i had my neighbor, who is a man who is my unofficial or official running coach, and he read it and he also found great value in it. I had Dan Tricarico, author of Zen Teacher, among other uh, other books, and he read it and found the same thing, too. So it maybe will help you understand moms and teachers a little bit better, but it also probably give you strategies that you can use, too, because these strategies can be applied to anyone.
0: Well, and I want to talk about those strategies, because I think that's the the main thing here for our listeners. And I think you're right. I, you know, if you look at the statistics, too, obviously, education is filled with more women than men. And so, you know, there's just a, a different idea of what a mom is versus a dad and and what they bring. So as far as those strategies, I know you've got a lot in this book here. So can you just kind of uh, outline just a few for our listeners and and some takeaways from this wonderful book?
1: You bet. So the way that I formatted the book was again, my target audience being busy moms and teachers for me personally, when I pick up a book, I need it to be small, manageable chunks. I don't have time to sit down for chapters that are very long. So the way that I did it was I made 21 short chapters that are lessons that I've learned. And in each of those, there's like a personal story, something that I learned. And at the end, there's practical tips and tricks that you can look to to reflect and implement change. So every chapter is very, very small. And even if you just look through the table of contents, it'll give you an idea of, oh, like maybe I want to learn more about guilt. So let me see, what what lesson would that be? What page can I flip to? You don't need to read it in order. You just pick that up and read what you need and, and see where that takes you. And so maybe I'll start with one of them. One of my favorite ones is because we talk a lot about self-care And I do talk a lot about self-care in my book, but a big um, important differentiation that I wanna make is that we can't just rely on self-care. We need to look at what is causing us to need self-care so much, so badly. And can we fix or lessen those stressors without just putting a band-aid over it with the self-care itself? So one of the things that I did And I share, I share through the book that I went through depression and ended up needing to take a leave to deal with that. And something that I did through my depression with the extra time that I had was look at these stressors and what can I do to fix them. And one of them was, I am so busy and I can't do all that I need to do. And there's always a fight at home with my four boys of who is going to do what chore. And it was just frustrating for me to try to orchestrate it all it was more it was more work for me to try to get them to do chores than if i just did it myself and then i ended up doing it myself and that was too much so an idea was born and i decided to do this chore bucket simple i bought two buckets from the dollar store i bought colored popsicle sticks so each of my boys have their own color and on these sticks i wrote chores and depending on the day and what activities were coming up, their chore bucket was filled with different things. So if they had hockey that night, I made sure that their pack, their hockey bag, stick was in the bucket. And if they had library the next day, I made sure pack your library books in your school bag, stick was in their chore bucket. And my boys, I don't know how you do it at your house, but we do not shower every day because it is just too chaotic. So every second day, their shower or bath, stick was in there. That's changed because now my boys are getting older and a little bit stinkier. the point is it's very easy for me to customize the chores that they need to do they know what they need to do when they come home from school and for us the reward that worked well was when you're done your chores you get your allotted screen time that day and that's an example of something kind of simple that I outline in the book that you can take away and do in hopes that it'll help to alleviate some of your stressors so maybe you don't need quite as much self-care
0: yeah, it was a much easier to bathe the kids when I had a pool in Texas. I just toss them in every once in a while, you know, <laughs> because it was just so hard to navigate that.
1: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: As far as taking a leave, the burnout is real as we've seen over the summer into the school year, I think a lot of folks are even feeling it right now, even just a couple of months into the school year. And I just want to touch on that. I know you were vulnerable with your stories. You were very honest in the book. So, you know, will you just kind of expand on what you had talked through in regards to taking leave and just your mental state and kind of how you got out of that situation yourself? I know everyone's different, but I I would love for you to share your experience and more, Some things that you felt were important that you put into your life to get to the point to get back to the classroom.
1: You bet. So my journey with depression was a long one. And I think that it was just things that piled up over the years that I just kept sweeping under the rug and Mm -hmm. I just hit my breaking point. And I remember it vividly. I was in a staff meeting and my principal was talking to our staff and sharing how at their last admin meeting they had to put their agenda off to the side to address mental health because there was some serious things going on in our depression or in our division, and um, they had to address it. And so I remember him saying, "It's okay not to be okay." And I was sitting in my chair and I had to get up and leave because I just wanted to shout, "I am not okay!" But nobody would know it. Um, so then I was already going to therapy by then, which I'm a big believer in therapy. Like I go to the dentist every six months to get my teeth cleaned and I go for my full physical with my family doctor once a year. And so why is it this taboo thing that I go to therapy therapy every six weeks to deal with my mental health? So I had already been going through therapy and was talking to my ther- therapist about uh, how I was feeling and she said something that really put things into perspective for me she said and if we can continue to work on this like we have been but my question to you is in your current circumstance which was covid Mama for four working full time do you think that you have the time and energy that you need to get yourself back on your feet and that was the aha moment for me because the answer was clear no i don't have the time and the energy. I'm barely, tre- like I'm, I'm drowning. I'm just barely treading enough water to stay above. So, th- So that was clear. I went to my doctor, my doctor agreed. She wrote me a note and it was hard because I felt a lot of guilt for leaving my classroom for kind of dropping the pieces off on my amazing team. They had to pick up the pieces and help get a new teacher set up in my classroom. But really, in the end, I couldn't have gotten out of that funk if it wasn't for that time. Like I said, I needed time away from the classroom to do the homework that my therapist was giving me. I needed time to be able to go to hot yoga and clear my mind and do the self-care. Even the first two weeks of my leave, Joshua, my doctor said, Anik, you cannot do anything. Like You are not in a state of mind to fix anything right now. You need to rest. You need to go to yoga. You need to sleep because you need energy to do the hard work. And she was not wrong. I needed time to catch my breath so that I could do that hard work. I needed time to do the homework that my therapist was giving me readings and looking at my values and figuring out where things were falling apart. And so it took, like I said, it took time, it took energy, it took therapy, it took medicine, it took um, self-care, hot yoga, and it just took time that I did not have when I was working. It doesn't mean that everybody needs to leave, but that was just where I was at. And I can only share what worked for me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for that. And I think that's gonna benefit a lot of folks because I think the guilt is real. I think a lot of folks feel like I don't wanna put that on to someone else if I was to take some time off. But at the same point, how are you providing in that state? Are you your breast version? Are you going to be able to continue in that role? And I think just the idea that someone knows that someone else has taken a leave and they're better for that to help themselves, I think it, it almost gives them permission that that's a, a viable option for them when sometimes that guilt is overflowing us.
1: Right. And I will say that I finished the book with a chapter on guilt because mom guilt, teacher guilt, it is a real thing and it is not easy to navigate.
0: Yeah. So can we discuss that chapter a little bit? Because I think that would be a perfect segue to guilt, because that is a heavy burden in the role of educator, uh, not just administrator, but teacher, really any role in education. I think for some reason, we don't want to burden other folks. I think that's one of the wonderful things of teachers have and educators have. But, you know, for those with overwhelming sense of guilt, you know, what are some things that they can do to combat that?
1: So one of the things that my therapist suggested that I do was to like voice what you're feeling and validate what you're feeling and to say things like, huh, like I see what you're doing there guilt. Like you're really trying hard to make me feel bad about this, but you know what? Like I know better and just like talking myself through it sometimes is is enough, but I'll share a story that kind of made things clear for me so i shared a little bit earlier i mentioned that i'm a runner and that's something that i started through covid it's something that was very important for my more so my mental health obviously physical health great side effect but it was more for my mental health and i got into it more through covid when i had more time and i ended up like i built up slowly and ended up running i've run six six half marathons now and while i was training for these marath for these half marathons it took a lot of time and it took time away from my family and i felt guilty about that because i kept leaving my four boys to go run on these runs and these training runs and there was this one time we were camping and i was doing the dishes after dinner outside of course because you're camping and my boys i could overhear them setting up their next game and they picked up some chalk and they drew a line across the road and i could just hear them saying okay here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna run around the bay one at a time. It doesn't matter how fast you are. We're all about stamina. You just need to make it around the bay and not walk. And they all took their turns. And as they ran around the bay, the three others followed along and were just here, you got this, you can do it. And my heart just melted because in that moment I realized I should not feel guilty for all this time that I've been putting into my training to run. Because look at this, like I was so worried that I was leaving abandoning my children to go do this personal thing I needed to do. But look what happened. Like they learned that it's important to put yourself first. They learned that it's important to take care of your mental and physical health. They learned that it's important to cheer each other on. They weren't resenting me for doing all of these things. They had learned a beautiful lesson. And I share in the book, Glennon Doyle, who's one of my favorite authors in her book, Untamed, she has got this quote that says, my children do not need me to save them. My children need to watch me save myself. And I keep coming back to that because when my children are grown, I don't want them to have to rely on someone to save them. I want them to be able to save themselves. And so I need to model that. And I've, I feel like that is important to do. And remember, keep in your mind when you're feeling that guilt.
0: What a beautiful story. Thanks. I love that. Yeah. We found a very similar thing with uh, foster care, and we always were like, "Oh, it's going to burden the kids; they're not going to get as much time with us." And in fact, you know, now they're talking about their biological children that they're going to have, and their adopted children that they're going to have growing up. And I think the modeling piece we don't understand like that servanthood and the things that we do in our own life is so much more impactful than like you're saying of trying to wrap them in bubble wrap and save them from the world. So yeah. I love that you're doing that for yourself and that you're modeling that as far as the self-help piece, the exercise and the mental component. I also want to shout you out because you're at T-Spirit 22 and then next day ran a half marathon. I don't know how you did that. Uh, I know you had some you know, DBC folks with you too, to cheer you on and go through that experience. But it was amazing that you were at Teach Better 22 and and got to experience that. I was chatting with you before too. I I feel bad because, you know, I was running around like a madman and didn't really get a chance to connect with you there. But I want to get your thoughts on on that event and what you thought of your time in Ohio.
1: Yeah, that was great. So fun. I was... I think that was my first conference after COVID. So mm-hmm. it was so fun to get back with people and see everyone. I had actually not signed a contract then. So I didn't know that I was going to be a published author. I was just fangirling over all these incredible people. And yeah, it was a great event. Mickey. Oh,
0: oh Mickey keynote, Smith oh, Jr. Yes. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Shout out to him. and yes. Yeah. If someone's watching right now and doesn't know Mickey Smith Jr., you got to check him out. He's He's awesome. All right. I want to ask you Nick, about some advice. So all of our aspiring and current leaders are listening. They're getting some phenomenal value from our conversation because you have brought such wonderful stories and strategies. But I want to know after them listening to our conversation, I want them to have some type of actionable item that they can have as a, a next step. So if there's something they can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would you advise them to do?
1: oh so many things can i say pick up my book and see if well yes of course
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's number one for sure
1: Yeah. yeah um maybe i will go back to one of my chapters which is important i talk about how our words matter and obviously we always talk about being kind but I want to focus more on words that we say to ourselves, because that's you know we talk about being kind, yada yada. Yeah, that's great. But what about how are you talking to yourself? Um, and because that negative self talk is is real, it's hard to curve. And um, so what I try to do when I notice that happening, which noticing is already a first hard thing to do, but when you if you do notice happening it happening, um, uh, my trick is to try to step out of it and pretend like I'm talking to a friend because the way that I talk to myself often, I would never dare talk to a friend like that. So maybe that would be my quick, easy, Try to notice if you're spiraling down and and using some negative self talk, and try to replace that. Step outside, and if you need to, I try, I try to write myself letters sometimes, which I have an example, a couple of examples in the book. Um, but if I don't have time, then yeah, just pretend like you're talking to a friend and try to switch that.
0: I love that you said writing it down because I was actually going to ask you if there was anything that you do for yourself. You know, I, I've seen folks like write positive things on sticky notes and put it on the computers and. Um, or journaling or something like that. So I love that you gave an example for that, because I don't know about you, but especially in leadership, you you hear so many negative things in a day, it's hard to have that positive thought <laughs> either about yourself, your job, how you're affecting other people. So um, I love those words of wisdom and and how important that is for not only leaders, but educators in general.
1: Yeah, that negativity tends to stick. So I have a feel-good folder in my filing cabinet. I have one in my email address. And every time I'm feeling down, just open those up and read through and remind yourself that you are worthy.
0: So in your feel-good folder, is it like notes and things that you've gotten in the past that you've kept and put in there?
1: Yeah, like a heartfelt note from a parent with a gift for over the holidays or a special picture that a student gave me, or maybe it was a little magnet that I got from one of my colleagues saying, you know, we're the dream team, whatever it may be, just little reminders.
0: Perfect. All right. And how can folks connect with you on social media or find your book, find your blogs? I mean, I know you've got a whole host of pieces of content out there. So how can folks find you?
1: Yeah. So Twitter or X and Instagram are the same. It's at Anik Roke, which is A-N-N-I-C-K-R-A-U-C-H. And my website is also my name, AnikRoke.ca, because I'm that proud Canadian. And the hashtag for my book is phenomenal, not the teacher, but just the phenomenal with the extra M for mom and phenomenal. So that's where you can find me.
0: Awesome. Just a reminder, YouTube page, brand new youtube.com slash ad Joshua Stamper. You can see this whole conversation. If you love the video format, we are here for you on Joshua Stamper and on the Teach Better page. So definitely subscribe to that. Of course, I will have everything in the show notes in regards to an next uh, book, websites, social media, platforms, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you connect. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much. I know this is probably a whirlwind for you right now as <laughs> there's probably a lot of requests for you um, with such a you know great book and it launching just like I said, a, a week and a half ago. So yeah, I think you're doing a phenomenal job in general. I love your vulnerability and I just thank you for your heartfelt stories today and sharing that with my audience.
1: Thank you so much for having me, it was a real honor.